0: Hi, everyone. This is Brad Thomas, and welcome back to The Ground Up. Uh, Today, I'm going to be going over to the residential building sector. I'm very pleased to have Jeff Pyatt with me today, the CEO of Broadmark Realty Capital, ticker symbol is BRMK. Jeff, it's good to see you today.
1: Brad, thanks for having me back. I always enjoy these.
0: Great. Well, I've uh, I've got the virtual slot. I'm in front of a house virtually here. And of course, that is what uh, Broadmark does uh, primarily is a uh, single family. But just so our new audience can understand, Jeff, I know you finance more than construction loans for for vertical. You also have, I think, self-storage, some other stuff. But can you touch on just the, the business model at a high level?
1: Sure. Most of our business is, is development and construction lending over the last 11 years. Um, 60 or so percent Tends, is uh, residential, either single family or multifamily. I saw that picture behind you. I was afraid you were going to make me come out and do an inspection. <laughs> um, and then, yes, we'll do, we might do some self-storage. We've done some hotels. We've done some bridge financing and so on. But really, the, the uh, residential space is our bread and butter.
0: Great. Well, of course, you're based out on the West Coast where your company is headquartered. Uh, but uh, you, you, you're pretty much pretty diverse. I mean, I know you've got operations in Florida. Um, maybe in the Carolinas. I don't I know. You were looking at, at, at some of the Carolinas, Georgia. So how how uh, vast is that lending model?
1: Well, we we currently are lending in I think it's 16 states and and the District of Columbia. Yes, the Pacific Northwest uh, is where we started. We then opened an office in Denver that is. Um, is Colorado, Utah, and Texas, but that's snuck into Illinois, and and we'll look at some other Midwest states. We've got uh, an Atlanta office where, with salespeople in Florida and, and the Carolinas, as you said, um, Tennessee, and then the Mid Atlantic region, and so we're we've always been growth oriented, continue to be, and we try to just carefully go into a. A state and then a city and a, and a submarket one at a time and continue to seek out the high growth areas, Brad.
0: Great. Well, I, uh, I was, uh, I was in Florida last week and I uh, came back here to South Carolina and by the way, down in Florida, just building everywhere. Yeah. I drove back. So I got to see a lot of real estate coming back. Uh, always liked looking at, at properties, um, especially REIT properties. And uh, so I got back here and there's actually a duplex. I can see it out my window here is for sale sign. So I called and said, Hey, how much? And uh, the guy said, Well, you know, I've already had uh, four offers uh, over list price. Uh, it's like $175,000 for a duplex. And I was like, wow, I mean, I've, I was gone for like four days. And, and you've already got four offers on this thing uh, over price. So I mean, I'm just curious, at a high level, Jeff, what are you seeing out there? Uh, you know, in in your business? I mean, is there is it still just exploding in terms of the growth today?
1: It is. Um, and, and I think it's fueled by demand for housing that is at least in part fueled by the low interest rates we have. Um, and and there's, a, there's a housing shortage. And in every major market, it's the strong ones, there, there is a significant housing shortage. And so you wind up with those those disparities. I think it I read in the last couple of days that that seems to be calming down a bit. Uh, you just contradicted that with your duplex story um, but and it's certainly unsustainable. People ask me can can we sustain twenty percent growth year over year forever? And the answer of course is no but but we've we still have an awful lot of unmet demand for housing, and so I think there will continue to be pricing pressure.
0: yeah so. I guess in terms of your model, I know uh, looking at your second quarter results, um, your your what I call the coupon or going in yield or whatever your yield is around 16%, down just slightly from I think previous quarter. I think you're at 16.4. So 16% is still a very competitive number out there. So what, how do you feel about that pricing model today?
1: Well, it... it- there are always competitors and they're always a a dollar is a dollar. It's the most fungible product in the world. And, and so we can, we can't compete on product. We, if we choose to compete on price, we will just, it's a race to the bottom. And there are competitors of ours out there who will just, that's all they, it's all the the only tool they have in their, in their kit. Um, We focus on, on customer retention on certainty of execution and the fact that we've got a, an unlevered balance sheet, um, that we've got just a, a fortress balance sheet is the term we use. And so all that said, we have, we have introduced a, a, um, a dynamic pricing model this last quarter that helped us with our originations. Uh, we had a record for originations post-public, I think it was $212 million dollars. Um, and, and so there will continue to be some downward pressure, I think, um, in the short term with is interest rates stay, stay as low as they are. But 60% of our business Brad was repeat customers. And, and that's actually down from about two thirds. I take that as a good sign because it means we're penetrating into new markets and new borrowers. But but we have nice, sticky customers and and. And it's their job to complain about the pricing, and it's our job to try to keep it up as high as we can.
0: Yeah well, I, I did see that you the company had your private company had um, had basically rolled up uh, sold, sold off the loans to your public company. Uh, in my view that's that's actually felt like it was very positive news because you know I've, I'm, I'm I always felt like you know having one core of competence. Uh, you can't serve two masters. I know you've done a good job at that as a private and a public company, but I think that for me, that removes some of the overhang potential potential conflicts. But again, I think you you did a great job at managing those. But uh, can you talk a little bit about the the decision to, I guess, uh, operate just one business model currently?
1: Sure. Remember that that we started out as a private fund and eventually wound up being four private funds. And so so that really is in our DNA. And there are a lot of our legacy investors and, and, and we have a high percentage of retail investors. And, and some of them just didn't want to have to look at the stock ticker every day and see how they're doing. They, they like a private investment. And so we relaunched a, a, a private REIT, a new private REIT last March, um, right as the pandemic was hitting, made getting started a little bit tough. Um, and then, and then we started getting getting some traction. And the way we the way we allocated loans was was we did it on a pro rata basis between the public and private funds. So there was never any risk of of your thinking, well, gee, I'm a private investor and the public company's getting a better deal, or vice versa. Um, as as we found ourselves sitting on on a lot of cash early in the year, um, it we didn't want we never wanted it to look like, like one side or the other was, was getting the short end of the stick. And so we decided that with the model that we had set up and the market being the way it is, that, that we would be better off uh, liquidating the private fund. We bought, the, bought their share of the loans back into the public company. And, um, and we still like a private model, Brad, and, and don't be surprised if someday we launch another private fund um and as you pointed out, um, we'll make sure that that whatever we do there there won't be any certainly no actual conflict, but but no perceived conflict between the two entities.
0: Yeah. Well, of course, I know you don't provide guidance, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to guide there uh or, or any of that, but um you know, looks like your your dividend, which obviously I mean, I know you're very uh retail investor focused and oriented and I know that because you just mentioned you know you you do a great job of uh of 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 aligning with the investor um and and also the monthly dividend you know Broadmark is one of the REITs that we cover one of the few REITs that we cover um, that especially in the commercial mortgage REIT space for sure um, that that pay monthly dividends so we know that you really uh you know really appeal to that retail investor now uh, you did, uh, I guess, I won't, we can call it a cut, or we can call it a right size the dividend, perhaps because we're in a pandemic, you know, maybe the, the appropriate word is right size the dividend and not not cut. But at any rate, call it what you want it, you did right size the dividend in 2020. Um, and, you know, I guess, how do you feel about, you know, the dividend today, obviously, the nice yield, 8%, roughly an 8% yield. Um, but in terms of, you know, kind of the, the, where you're sitting today and the distribution and the $212 million of, of of volume of activity where we are today. I mean, how do you feel about the, you know, the business model and, and kind of your, your dividend policy going forward?
1: Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's always a good question. I like that. Um, because you know that I can't answer most of it, but, <laughs> but the, but the fact is we distribute out virtually all of our distributable income. As a REIT, that's what we want to do. Um, we've been paying seven cents. Um, our most recent dividend was seven cents. Um, we feel we feel good about where we are, Brad, um, and we don't offer guidance. Uh, we are certainly going to keep pushing originations, um, keep pushing our yield as high as we as the market will allow. Um, the term I used a, a quarter ago was that that um, it felt like we had we had spent a chunk of the pandemic on our on our back foot, and I was ready to get back on our front foot, and and it feels like we are, and and doing a little counter punching just to continue with the analogy. Um, what will that mean? Well, hopefully, it means that that our earnings continue to do well, and and that as it is allowed, you know, as, as the earnings allow, we'll we'll keep. Keep upward pressure on our dividend, but the the board and we and David Schneider, our CFO, will will look at all that really monthly and make that decision.
0: Yeah, well, you know, in terms of your analyst coverage, we we have uh, four analysts that uh, that we see on our scorecard that are covering the company, and they're extremely bullish with the potential um, of the company and the forward growth estimates. How's that analyst coverage coming I mean I, cause Broadmark is a unique you know REIT we just picked up coverage by the way of AFC gamma AFCG cannabis wow. REIT interviewed or met with the CEO uh, last week and of course uh, we cover ladder which is another kind of specialty finance shop in the you know in the commercial mortgage REIT space but but Broadmark being really the only uh, kind of construction single family kind of smaller ticket if you will lender, uh, how do you feel about the coverage, and and where do where do you actually where do these analysts fit? Are these more specialty finance analysts? Is that where where your primary coverage universe is today?
1: I I so I will have to admit that I don't know the all the companies that the analysts who cover us cover, but but I think if you look at their names, you'll see some some pretty well entrenched REIT analysts, mm-hmm. and as opposed to what I'd consider really specialty finance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I think, uh, you know, these, these four analysts, again, our consensus numbers look very strong. Um, you know, the market looks very strong and of course, uh, you know, uh, Broadmark still looks very cheap in my eyes and, um, you know, 8%, 8% <players>. yield.
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> very compelling, uh, 8% yield. And again, especially we cover all the commercial mortgage replayers out there and, um, you know, from the, from the kind of higher risk cannabis players who are yielding, at, you know, at uh, 16, 17%, but they've got all these headwinds out there. And, uh, you know, you've got, you really are just uh, a pretty simple business model. And, uh, you know, I, what I like about your company is there's, you know, 60% loan to value, you know, so there's there's plenty of cushion there if things go bad. I mean, there's, there's 40% sitting there somewhere. So 60% loan to value, no leverage and 8% yield I mean, I, I don't know where else you can get it. So uh, I think it's a great business model. And uh, uh, I, I'm I, also, it's also great, Jeff, to get and talk to you, because this is one thing that really is helpful to me, but also our our followers and subscribers is just interacting with CO and kind of having that insight. So I really appreciate your taking the time. And hopefully we can connect in November at NARIT if all things go well.
1: Well, let's, well, we we may have to be hiding behind masks, but, but we'll we'll address that when we get there. I I always like our time together, Brad. Um, I appreciate how closely you pay attention to what we do and how we do it, because we really do try to provide a nice safe platform here where we, where principal preservation is our, is our primary objective. And then to get to, you know, I I made the joke about the house behind it, the, the photo to get to contribute to that segment of the market and help people buy homes and help builders build homes and help communities develop. It's a pretty neat way to make a living. And I, and I, and especially when there's as much tailwind for us as there is.
0: Yeah, no, I fully agree. I have a lot of respect for this industry. Uh, some of my best friends used to work in this industry were extremely large home builders. And my mother's been in this business for a long time and she, uh, she sold more townhouses uh in greenville south carolina probably than anyone so uh i uh, know of i've heard about
1: you've told me about your mom before someday when i'm out in the southeast i'm going to make you introduce me
0: well exactly i'm gonna send her this video as well because i i definitely want to she needs to become a shareholder
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> so. thanks so much right. i look forward to catching up with you
0: soon thanks jeff take care bye